I'm Owen Richards, founder and CEO of Air Marketing and host of On Air with Owen. On Air is an interview series where I am lucky enough to interview some of the world's best sales leaders, as well as individual contributors, sales managers and entrepreneurs who contribute to our wider topic, which is revenue growth. Each guest picks a subject that they're an expert in and we drill down into that subject, hopefully giving you practical ideas and concepts and things that you can implement in your role or your business straight away. We discuss things like partnership channels, sales tactics, sales strategy, demand gen, marketing and business growth. And I hope that you enjoy listening to all of the ideas and expertise that comes from my discussions with our guests. So thanks for joining us. Sit back, relax and enjoy the listening. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of On Air. I am joined today by Hannah Ajikawo and she is the practice lead at Scale Consulting. Um, I'm going to let her introduce herself in a moment because um, there's more to Hannah than just that. I I already know that from catching up with her beforehand. (laughs) We're going to be diving into a couple of topics today, talking around the discovery process, talking around the sales process in general. Um, And Hannah's got some great ideas uh, that, that might just shift your mindset around that, but I'll let her get into that in a moment. As always, before we do that, I'm going to give Hannah a hello. So first and foremost, hello. Hi, Owen. This is Hello. this this is new for me. I, I'm usually the more enthusiastic one on the call on any interview, any discussion. So I'm like, oh, I've got to match your energy. This uh, is going to be a battle. I um I am a bucket of energy most of the time. So apologies. <laughs> uh, it, it's it's infectious for some, annoying for others, I'm sure. Um, and um, we always give our guests two minutes right at the top. Yeah. As I said to you before, we don't like to get into the history of career and that kind of stuff. We want your expertise and your ideas and your opinions and things. But it's nice to give people a bit of context. So could you just give yeah. us two minutes? Who is Hannah? Who is Scaled or any other organisation that you work with? And just give a, give us a bit of context on yourself. Who is Hannah? Sounds like a big philosophical question. But um, <laughs> so so um, Hannah Ajikawo, thank you for getting my name perfect. Perfect. Thank you very much, Owen. So um, being in sales, that's all I know. I literally came out of university, studied crime, and I was like, I'm going to solve all of the world's problems um, and ended up finding out that you don't earn much money doing that. So if I just try and do this sales thing, that will work. Uh, so what's that that's led me to is going through every role that you could probably imagine um, in sales, including things like player coach, hybrid roles, the weird roles you have when you join a startup, which is everything um, other than a product engineer um and now today I have various different hats so I have a son called Gabriel so I'm a mummy um I train and coach sales reps through growth mode um as a kind of mini consulting firm I am the practice lead for scaled consulting so um what that means is people are like I don't know what that means uh so what that means is I uh, oversee the commercial relationships of the clients that we have in the region I'm responsible for the uh, setting the strategy and a direction of the programs that we run with companies that may have a million ARR up to, you know, 29 billion, whatever it is. Uh, it's big. <laughs> I just mm. have to throw that in there. Um, and also I'm then accountable for the success of delivering on those um, those programs as well. Uh, so, so I do that. I have a lot of fun doing that as well. And uh, as a passion of mine, I am the head of partnerships and sales for Sisters in Sales, which is an incredible community of about six and a half thousand women of colour trying to do what I can to increase representation. Um, and when you've been in sales a while, you can honestly say there's not a ton of women that you've probably sat next to that look like me. <laughs> so, um, so trying to create that change there. 
Good on you. Love that. Absolutely love that. And yeah, I totally concur. I haven't sat, sat, sat next to many women who look like you and my sales career, and I've been in a long time. And um, good on you for trying to impact that, that sort of stuff. So um, good summary. Somebody who wears many hats, clearly, which is great. Yeah. Um, balancing it with mummy and all those sorts of things. And, 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 and you know, kudos to you first and foremost. We're going to dive into a topic that, you know, I think we're just going to dig in and, and enjoy talking around discovery process. You said something to me before we we hit record today around discovery being a, a noun, a thing, it's a process as well. Yeah. Maybe you can just talk me through that. So, so how do you see discovery? What are your thoughts around the discovery process and what people are getting mm. wrong and right on the most part? Yeah, so so discovery is always and it's not it's not a wrong thing, right? It's a if we look at most organizations who are just starting to build out whether an informal or a formal sales process, they will have some kind of, you know, outbound or prospecting stage in the beginning, which is pretty unqualified. You'll move into some kind of like initial call, a, a banter or some kind of qualification piece. Then they go into, OK, we're going to do a discovery or a disco or a disco demo. And then you kind of transition out to hoping and praying and then close. <laughs> um, but what discovery is always on, right? I mean, discovery is from let's identify our target addressable market <laughs> let's really start to build some hypotheses and some um and some assumptions around what we think we can do and let's drive that as an always on discovery that we dive into inside the sales process we invest more time into it and then we of course identify when they are clients hopefully what you know we continue to discover and learn and understand for me discovery is a is a two-way street as well right so very much at the front before you are before the front of the process before you get to have many touch points with a prospective um client it's about um it's about you it, it's more on it's more on the seller side so let's just say the sales yes. side which is the organization behind the salesperson as well in saying what do we think we can do we want to uh, qualify like pre-qualify uh, a set of organizations it then starts to turn a little bit into some um and it's more uh, equitable between a buyer and a seller which is now as a buyer i'm trying to figure out if i can trust you if i if you can deliver on things that i don't know some things i know about some things i don't know about but you know can, can you deliver on them and i need to feel like at that stage which is more than now like this is what it is um if this is going to be something that i'm you know i consider worth spending time exploring um and that unravels into a million different things and then as you go throughout the process it kind of leans back to the um the, the salesperson or the sales business and then it's kind of this two-way street but i feel like companies just say you go, go go and google discovery discovery calls and discovery meetings this is how you qualify this is yeah. the most important part of a sales business this is where you decide you decide owen if you want to work with this pooey little customer because they are not worthy of your time unless they fit this criteria that is bs that's not how it works right mm. they come to a uh, discussion and interaction with you very early on then they get they put more time and investment into learning more and they're there with open ears what I think people get really wrong is first that balance, but also this assumption that everybody that gets to this discovery stage, uh, this 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 step in a process is is ready to talk about buying something from you, mm, is ready to important. think about buying some something from you, and because we build our processes and our structures around that assumption that people are ready to buy we go in with the often the wrong framework or script or what I really hate, a checkbox of questions. I get clients, what's the questions I should ask? I'm like, 
it depends. <laughs> like there are some things that you really fundamentally need to know, like who's going to say no to this whole thing <laughs> before we yeah. go forward. You know, are you about to go bust? <laughs> Do you have a round of layoffs coming up? That, I mean, that's some of the things you need to understand right now. But in general, there's no there's there's no like it's not like if you ask these 10 questions, it's a guaranteed deal. So a long winded way of saying there are two main things people get wrong, assuming that people want to buy and assuming that people are ready to have that discussion around buying mm. something. Really interesting. Um, is it OK if I share an experience with you? Because as you're talking, I'm just remembering a recent experience that I had that I'd love you to just unpick it, just just rip into it as much as you like. So um, <laughs> I, I put a post on LinkedIn about this. Really interesting to hear people's feedback. <clears throat> I launching a new business person coming in to head up that business said to me, Owen, I need that piece of software. I can't do my job without it. And that's the one I've worked with before. I know it. I like it. I, I need it. Fine. I'm going to back yeah. that person. Head of department coming in. Of course I am. Phone that organisation. Um, no, I filled in an inquiry form. I need to buy your software. Could have been more straight. Right? Yeah. Need to buy I need it. to buy it. Yeah. End <laughs> of. <laughs> phone, phone me up. Junior SDR or, or somebody. Who, I, I make an assumption there. Maybe that's a a junior person who was clearly uh, not capable of doing very much other than what was on the process, which was, hi, okay, I just need to ask you some questions. Yeah, cool, no problem. You know, standard four. And I say, cool, so can you tell me how much it is? Because you need to pump it in the budget. We're going to buy it. So, oh, no, I'm not allowed to. What? You're not allowed to tell me? I'm... No, not allowed to. Okay, I need to book you in with what I assume is an AE. Yeah, no problem. Yeah. So I can't remember the glorified title they had, but... That was a week away because they didn't have any availability. Yep. I sent an email as a response to that saying, like, I just need to know the price and can we just move it forward? I don't need a demo. I don't need... No, uh, get through to that call. Get exactly the same four questions from of the course. SDRs. It didn't you ask me Don't trust questions. the SDRs. They get yeah. a nice salary now. Don't trust them, though. No. So have a conversation again. again. Ask me 10 more questions. And I said three or four times, look, can, we, can I just transact? I literally just want to buy one license, get it moving. I'm not allowed to sell it to you until you've had a demo thinking what you can't i don't want to demo i'm not going to be using it no you decrease the margin in this deal as much as possible <laughs> before i send you an invoice do you know what i did genuinely genuinely i went back to the head of the department and said i'm going to go look at two other options can you come look at two other options and we bought from somebody else so no we genuinely bought from somebody else because what we found in the market is there are two there are two or three other pieces of software that do a very similar thing mm. they're much like like uh, she wanted that piece of software because it was what she'd used before. She learned, but when she saw yeah. one of the others, she went, oh, pretty much the same. No problem. We bought from somebody else who was prepared to give us a really nice uh, human sales process where they thought about us and our experience. And it was amazing. And I'd just love to get your, that from the outside, get your thoughts on that. Oh, and I'm just, this is not, you shouldn't, you shouldn't ask me these questions. Oh, here you go. I got, I literally, here we go. <laughs> I literally, I had, a, I've got a post on my featured part on LinkedIn where I'm just like, deep breaths. Oh, here we go. And it's like a year old and people are still like, oh my God, that post. Um, ask me a question. What do you want me to say about this? Because this is, well, okay. This is, yeah. What would you have done? What, what, sh so, so those people who yeah. took me through the process as humans. Yeah. It ain't their fault, right? They're doing their job. They've They're been trained to do that, been briefed to be that. I guess, I guess let's well, let's unpick it from my side. Here are the things that come come to it to my head yep. straight away. There's a lot of, of being human in that process, full stop. And yeah, you know, that's that's crazy. There's a lot of getting people to use their brain, yep. common sense. And there's a process that's way too rigid. 
that isn't coming from those people that's coming organizational that's culture where does that like where does it where, where are we losing our way because that's not uncommon right that's there's there's leaders out there that think that that process has to look like that but they're clever people aren't they they are clever people and this is this is like i blame the big companies i do mm. I, I blame i blame the companies that a lot of us got that those really great processes and learnings from but they were 10 years ago. Like, it was great. It was like, can I have the price? No, 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 no. We just want to find out a bit more. When my rep comes out and sees you in the field, he's going to go through it. And people are used to that presentation. There was no options, Owen. There was no options other than mostly you and maybe one other competitor. Mm. It was like, you were the main person. Not going to get sacked for buying me this solution. So I'm probably going to go with you anyway. You own, yeah. you, you own this process. It's not the same anymore. I literally can probably be on Zoom on my phone and Teams at the same time and speak to two salespeople if I wanted to without the yeah. camera on. Like there's so much choice and so much flexibility. So we're bringing all those learnings as experienced salespeople. And maybe we've nurtured the next group of sales leaders just uh, just below us in 10 years, maybe five to seven years. And they're like, well, my my, you know, my ex Xerox, ex Experian, ex Oracle leader taught me this. And now I'm going to roll it out to all startups. So it doesn't work. And the reason why is because there's choice. The buyer has found out a ton of stuff. Technology is easier to use. It doesn't need to go through IT. There's a democratization of spend. So you can buy stuff from your credit card, from your Divi, whatever it is that you use. Right. It's all changed. So the process has to change. Yeah. It needs to be more human. It needs to be more flexible. What does that mean? We have to equip salespeople to have better discussions. I talk about this often. Like, guys, can we stop creating these very rigid processes that people actually struggle to 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 execute anyway? Um, and then that puts them in this. Uh, I, I I can't I can't give you pricing. I'm not going to give you accurate pricing as the better response. I I can't give you accurate pricing right now. But I'll be honest with you. If I look back over the last few months just let me let me ask you a couple of more questions what do, what do you need to use it for what do you uh, i think it's going to be about five to seven k based on what you said don't hold me to that i will get in trouble but my AE will take you through the platform because actually it's modular so you might need an additional feature or less and then they're going to walk you through and help validate that does that sound all right if they're like oh bloody five k because it's i get it when it's like let's say let's, let's say it goes over like 20k that's where it's probably like you, it's a it's a bit of a different conversation. But yeah. if you're looking at that lower range, then people like if someone is not going to pay five k for a solution, doesn't matter if they speak to your CEO, they're not paying five k for a solution. Yeah. It's just like don't waste your time. So why are you going to waste everyone else's time up the food chain, right? Yeah. Let's just keep giving them the most expensive resources. Then guess what? Oh, let's bring in a solution engineer to run the demo, right? Now you've had a a hundred k's salaries worth of uh, conversation in. A week so to answer your question we we just need to help our sdrs isrs whatever the xdr title is to say listen i i'll be honest typically what i'm here to do is save you time i'll be honest <laughs> like if i find out a bit more about what it is you you want or owen you said you want to buy something why are you so sure what is it like? What, what makes you so sure? Well, I'm actually buying on behalf of a client. Oh, OK, so which client is this? Right. Or can you share some more about the, the industry? To be yeah. fair, I mean, yeah, it sounds like you probably. Yeah, you're pretty spot on. So let me just tell my AE to get you a quote. Just try. Break yeah. every rule. I used to do that. I used to say I'm going to break every rule in, in my role when I was a junior rep. Yeah. Too right. Too right. And do you know what's interesting is I think there's a culture of fear now to break mm. the process. And I don't know if that's a. 
uh, like you said, we, we, we're getting bigger. It's easier to become a bigger company now. Um, you're getting into teams where you go from no salespeople, mm. 10 million pound of funding and suddenly you got 50 person SDR team <laughs> within a year. Yep. Every person in that business has been there less than a year. So the reliance on process feels like it needs to be stronger. And the time yep. to coach in that human logic being more human hasn't yep. been there whereas i think pre 15 years ago we didn't have SaaS companies being funded and growing sales teams that quickly it was far <laughs> more organic didn't have that. so they had time to to create the top performers for them to organically learn from and be around and i, I do worry i worry for sales as a profession that that actually you caught people who are robotic yep. and who are having to learn that way and there's a fear of breaking that and this is the thing that there is a fear of breaking it and i hate that um, I really, I really, really hate the the robotic nature of, of of what we're we're creating with salespeople because it is culturally we are bringing these creative, incredible individuals and telling them fall in line, um, mm. and literally leave yourself at the door. But be yeah. bring your authentic self to work because we have a DEI plan, right? Uh, so it's like it's such a it's such a conflict. But people forget what processes are there for. Processes are there so you can try to measure things, you can optimize and you can scale, right? I literally yeah. spend all my time in process, helping companies look at, you know, the leading lagging indicators. How do we twist those levers? How do we turn a dial up and for, for, for growth in, in different ways? The challenge is, is we, we only put these things in place because there is an assumption when we look back at data that these things happen in these logical or, order. However, yes. sometimes we can get this information in one call, which means it's accelerated. One of the key things that people try to do is increase their, uh, you know, the, the time to, to close a deal, right? Time to close is something that everyone monitors. Like, can we change it from three months to two and a half weeks? And mm. If we do that across 100 salespeople, significant amount of sales velocity, right? Increase. So we have to think about if we, if that SDR is having that call, firstly, if they are getting to a point where people want to understand price and they're having a long conversation, please promote them and don't make them go through a year's worth of training. It's fine. They're, they're, right. they're all right. Give them some low targets, get them moving, right, <laughs> if possible. But um, we, we processes are there because we need some kind of repeatability and we need to, to get to a place of predictability. However, there are times when you can have an anomaly, just like that $2 million deal that came in that never comes in. That's an anomaly, right? Mm. We're also going to have at the lower end that people are like, I need to buy. And I've had that scenario. I, I think it happens to people once in their career where someone picks calls and says, I want to buy this right now. I get it. I, I was, this is like 10 years ago. I wish it was a pie deal value. <laughs> it was a small deal at that, that time, like six and a half or seven grand, but still higher than our average order value. Mm. Called that pie. Um, I've looked at you guys for a while. I haven't used your platform, but I've used a competitor, did some research, just found you. I want to buy two licenses. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, I'm not falling for this. And I did say that I, I'm just, I'm nosy. So I was like, why are you so sure? I was like, just hold on. I'd love to send you a contract, but take me through your certainty. Cause this is incredible. This doesn't happen often to me, right? I don't want to get too excited. And he was like, he started laughing. We had a good little chat for probably about 20, 30 minutes. He took me through what he's trying to do. And I was like, hmm. I said, you, probably don't need two you could probably achieve it with one actually and he was like oh brilliant I said I don't want you to get a refund that's why let's buy one start somewhere but we went through it made sense and I was like when could you get this contract back and he was like uh he said my, my CFO is going to leave at this time relatively small company he said I've already spoken to him about it and I was like what's his concerns nothing he's just not giving me more money than this I was like if you can get this back today here you go <laughs> um he's like I don't need a demo like I've literally watched some of your videos he took it signed it got it back by the end of the day when you had to fax it back by the way so that's a lot of effort I remember um, those. 
but it's like you can do that whole process very quickly like if the SDR is like uh, stop and teams them or slack them and say hey jump on the call with me I've got someone here that wants pricing wants this hold up let me put my AE on why can't we do that not I need mm -hmm. to stop get some time in the diary if I'm an AE that has a target I promise you I'll put down that phone to whoever prospects I was trying to reach out to if somebody right now wants to buy from me I'll have the call now let's go forget lunch <laughs> let's 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 call now but there's a process so I had to wait mm. until stage four to do that which is it's oh it's bewildering it frustrates the hell out of me it's funny isn't it just just gonna put a little uh, sub note in here to say that for those of you that are sub 30 fax is something that we used to do to get yeah. contracts do you remember <laughs> hearing the fax machine going and running over to it no but who's just, it? yeah who's gonna get the deal in whose is it <laughs> this is like days. literally like Two to what two hundred pound margin? Oh, it's gonna be a good month this month. Like, wow, this is so small. I've seen people googling facts now. What on earth is this? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Talking about <laughs> showing exactly. our age. Can, can I just dive in? Because I, you, you're. I think you're talking really well around the point that you know your personality, the way you approach a conversation with that, mm. that person phoning in and wanting to buy, and I'm sure there's lots of other good examples as well, is what gets you deals over the time more often than not. Okay, that person calling was kind of yours to lose rather than yours to win, yes. but on plenty of occasions, it's the way you are, the tonality, the, the mm. personality, the, the rapport you build, the jokes that you make, the, the way you listen, the acknowledgement of what people say, it's all those things that make a personality. Mm. And I can follow a process if that process is 10 or 20 percent of what i have to do and there's a set of rules and things i can't do but yeah. i've got freedom within that then i can be me i can be owen you can be hannah the yeah. moment we make more than 50 percent of what i have to do a process and i, I you know 50 percent maybe isn't 50 maybe it's yeah yeah we get it yeah, yeah 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 we we lose the bit that makes somebody great and when you look at a superpower in sales my superpower might be my listening skills it might be my personality it might be my ability to build rapport you're just stripping those layers away and what you end up with is a less effective salesperson now okay those salespeople that might be seen a bit more rogue in terms of personality yeah. might bring you in deals that aren't the right margin they might bring you in deals you don't want every so often but they've done well bringing a whole heap of good deals on top of that and i think what we're doing is just we're getting into copy and paste mode and what we then end up with is sales mm. leaders who are copy and paste modes and broken sales teams who are following yep. that mold how do we how do we disrupt that how do we change that uh, like I am my brain works in boxes and processes right so I I'm a big fan of trying to create frameworks and processes and steps that are repeatable because I want people to follow something that works we know that yeah. doing these things identifying these issues these pain points etc wins more often than not now the issue with strict adherence to process is that we build processes often without the salespeople involved and we mm -hmm. don't share the logic behind why it's built this way so what happens and I mean if you think about just some of the basic principles around change management when you're thinking about making people aware of things understanding people's desire for change understanding what knowledge and abilities they have around this new change like if we're doing it this way do you have the knowledge and capabilities yeah. to do that right and understanding how we reinforce those behaviors we don't do change management at all really so we just change stuff and it's like this is the process because we've seen it work we've got a revops model here's the data we need to do this great some people need you need to iron that out Please help me understand, Mr. Ops person, Mrs. Ops person. Why? Why do we have this stage and that stage? Like, what? What? Do you, what do you want me to do here? Because they need to educate the buyer on that as well. Yeah. Like, I always tell people, don't make it difficult for someone to buy from you. Help them 
and tell them what to do. People want to be told what to do. All right, I'm here now. What do you want? What do you want me to do now? Where? But I was like, and I had a really great example from um, uh, 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 somebody who came to speak at one of our uh, kind of company events, and he talks about creating an experience. So he's like, create a Michelin star experience. Can you imagine walking into a restaurant where you're likely to pay, you know, north of two hundred pounds or two hundred dollars, whoever's listening, on a meal? And you turn up at the door, you know, you've got your reservation, you waited three months, you walk in the door and you just left. You walked in the door, you're here now, I'm here. All right, where's my, t- all right, let me find a table. <laughs> let me let me find a menu. Uh, okay, what's on the menu today? I've got allergies, don't see anything noted there. Uh, okay, can we sit there? I'm not sure. Do I, well, uh, okay, let me get the knife and forks. Let me figure out, uh, okay, let me go up to the bar. Okay, the kitchen's there, but it's an open one. Can we do that? Like, that would never happen. And you literally have enterprise sales organizations who do that. I'm going to bring you to yeah. the door and then I'm off. Yeah. Pizza Express yeah. staffs leave you at the door, right? It's just, it's just <laughs> like you, we need to create an experience where we help people. We identify the journey. You know, thank you. Welcome for coming here today. What we have on the menu is this. This is just letting you know that this is not available. Do you have any allergies? Here's your seat. I'm going to pull it out for you. Get comfortable. Um, just letting you know, you mentioned in the notes that you one of your guests are disabled. The disabled toilet's here. And this is this like bottle of wine today. And this like you're like, I'm just going to sit back and cruise. When I'm spending north of even 10K, once it comes off my credit card, I need you to create an experience where I just got to follow it, but I need to understand why I'm doing these things. If you have a process where I generally, Owen, you really need to see the demo, I'll tell you why. We, I'll be honest with you, we've had a few customers that once they sign up, they don't realize the functionality operates in this way. So we built our solution in in a way that we need to go through a couple of points because if you're, you know, if you got if you're telling me that this person has never used this platform before or whatever, it's like going from Android to iPhone. We kind of got to tell you some stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And you're like, all right, I get it. Like, can we just cut it down to 15 minutes? But you now understand why. Yeah. If I just tell you, come into my restaurant and it's like, well, can I have a seat? And you're like, no. What do you mean? Do you mean I can't have a seat? Because that's a it's like this weird situation. So it's like we need to just be really clear and we need to help salespeople to explain the logic behind the actions because sometimes there is a valid reason because there's a lot of data that fuels sales processes. Mm-hmm. It might be valid, you know, but based on what you need, your industry, most 95 out of 100 people have a demo. I I I mean I don't I don't feel 100 percent comfortable just sending you a quote. Um and I really don't want a refund. Okay. To be honest, it's gonna affect my commission. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, but whatever we need to say, but let's be let's be honest, let's be transparent and let's help salespeople to have those conversations. And we don't do that. Well, that's never part of enablement. No, really good point. And I think to some degree, you you have a a, a responsibility as a, a human being wanting to work in sales to be the best you can be as well and to be human regardless mm-hmm. of process. And yeah, you know, you, you, you as a sales leader, I guess you you want to assume that the people that want to work in sales want to use their brain and actually engage with humans because they're in mm-hmm. a job where that's required. And you would hope that somebody would be able to interpret some kind of logic around that conversation. By the way, I know before we talked, you mentioned your analogies. I love that restaurant analogy. My brain, one of my bugbears is Bant, and I'm now imagining being bank qualified on the way into a Michelin star restaurant. You know, <laughs> can I right. check you've got the money for this? Yeah. Uh, is it your credit card or somebody else's? <laughs> yeah. And have you eaten post 12 o'clock today? <laughs> What's the uh, need today? Yeah, yeah. 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 And, and are you going to be on the table for more than two hours? Or, yeah, you know? <laughs> there you go. Oh, I man, that would it. be so funny. Sales is farcical, <laughs> isn't it? It really is ridiculous. Um, I, I'm, I just, I'm conscious of time. I just want to dive into the point so yeah um when we were we, we were talking before we we hit record here we talked about being customer centric we talked yep. about people people 
understanding um, what that actually means. And I feel like customer centricity has become one of these phrases that all the cool kids use, but not many people actually know what it means. Uh, and I'd love to just get your take on that. What does it mean to you? What do you think people should be doing if they genuinely, genuinely want to be customer centric versus I'm going to say oh, I want to become customer centric, but then I'm not going to be. Firstly, everyone said, listen, deep listening. Um, listen, um, understand, admit, acknowledge openly that you do not have all the answers. You are barely assuming everything at this stage until you get deep into a conversation. Um, listen, so I said, listen to what they're saying, but meet, try and meet them where they are. Um, and people say, like, be empathetic. Be, you can only be empathetic if you truly begin to understand and can sit in the person's shoes. And oftentimes we're not a CEO. I think I made a video about this about a year ago. Like we're not a CEO. Um, but guess what? Owen has three boys and I have a boy. OK, I can now empathize with he probably doesn't sleep very often. So let's you know what? If I'm selling to Owen, I'm going to talk. We're going to talk about our boys for half an hour and then I'm going to try and sell him something. Like So let's let's try and ask questions that help you to find something that you can actually empathize with. You cannot empathize with trying to pay the salaries of 3000 employees. You don't know what that feels like. You genuinely don't know. You may have struggled to pay your own bills, but it's very different when you have 3000 families that you have to support. Yeah. So let's not try to have that discussion, but let's try and find something else, right? Let's even do like empathy to empathy from customer to customer. So that's social proof thing we talk about. But a big thing to to kind of um, to help shape that, I mentioned in the beginning, you said what's some of the problems. And I said, um, it's assuming that people are ready to buy. That's what this, you know, we just assume that I'm going to qualify you out. <laughs> like that's my, I own this process, right? Yeah. So there's, there's, there's two concepts that I talk about a lot. One is value and one is um the uh, scales, right? I, I love, I, and I, I always say, someone challenge me on this, and no one does. So I'm going to keep talking about it, um, and it gets good reviews. So, so two things: value. People are like, what is value? Um, just come off a coaching session before we, we we jumped on here, right? And we're talking about value is worth, right? And worth is relative; it is subjective. The value that you place on that T-shirt that you're wearing right now is going to be very different to the value I place on it. Okay, mm. you are. It's your brand. It's it's you know you're, it's a big thing to you. You're like to be fair, I think this is worth a million. <laughs> I'm like, I mean, ten quid, <laughs> right? Value. I'll take is it. Very ten quid. Right? I take it. There we go. Right. But we don't even help people understand value, right? Value is very early on in the sales process, very early on in our interactions, in that um, early discovery, because it's, you know, it's a thing that we do. We are assuming a lot of stuff. We're assuming things that we've, based on history that we've had at the company, based on what we've read online, based on the 10K or annual report, based on the LinkedIn profiles that are sometimes out of date. It's just assumptions. It's just a hypothesis. Hey, I, I built this hypothesis and I'm hoping that it is close enough to somewhere in your um, realm of reality that's going to allow you to give me five minutes just 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 help me in validate or invalidate this and for you if it is valid this is brilliant let's we can we can have a conversation Let, let's take this further but we're assuming things and, and what we do is we slowly build on that value from assuming and then we're learning and we're listening and we're asking questions and we're empathizing and we identify things that are important to them things that are they're prioritizing so now what we have is they can now perceive higher value based on what you're learning about them and you're attaching what you're doing to that to, to that instance as we we go deeper and we go deeper into a discovery and, uh, and a process we start to help them to recognize 
okay, this company can provide me with such real value because I found out enough, I've learned enough that I trust them. This time has been worth my time. This uh, resources have been worth the, the investment. This cost is worth it, right? And it feels real to me now. And we don't do that. We're just like, this is what I'm assuming, you know, Sainsbury's does it, so Tesco's is going to do it and that's it. Um, that's one side of it from the value piece. And we, we, we really do that terribly. The other part is around um, meeting people where they are, right? So we said that's going to be another thing that people can do to be more customer centric. What that means, and I just talk about scales, very easy. In these early discussions, based on that hypothesis that I've delivered to you, Owen, you know, air marketing, I found out a bit about you. This is my hypothesis. You guys could probably benefit from X, Y, and Z. And you're like, sounds a little bit relevant. Let's check it out. But I'll be like, when I start to share what that core value proposition is it's like oh and you know if i think about a scale of one to ten one being nothing ten being right at the end where would you be in understanding this pro this problem this issue this challenge this opportunity have you thought about it hannah this is literally the first time i've ever heard anyone position something like that i say a free not really been something on my agenda now it's my job because you're lower than this portion of understanding your problem problem to help you navigate that problem that challenge mm. that opportunity so i'm meeting you where you are and this is what we don't we do not build discovery processes frameworks questions checklists whatever you want to bloody call them to help people who have not yet discovered what the hell's going on so what happens is we lose 50 percent of the potential audience that we can sell to maybe not now in the future and we just focus on the people that are like well, I've reviewed five people. I've got five competitors on the line. I've done everything I need to do. And this is we're at the last stage, which is OK. But we know that they're 75 percent of the way through their buying process. And they're at the kind of six, seven, eights, nines and tens. Those early stage people, that's the 100K deals. What the hell are we doing? That's where I want you to focus all of your attention on those people. That's what I used to do early stage of my career. Cold call, meet people. They'd be like, whatever you're saying, you sound really confident. I'm like, Let, well, when we meet, we're going to go for it in detail, right? And I'm going to explore that. But these people at the end are actually hard to sell to because it's so competitive. They've already got their own narrative. They're already thinking about something. It's an RFI. It's an RFP. It's solution engine. It's all this stuff. It's a million demos. And it's fine because that, that's going to be part of your quota. However, the big deals where you learn and where you get the most value and can provide the most is when you're early on in that research stage. We this is for me, this is where I think discovery is fundamentally flawed. Love that. That was a, a Shakespearean monologue and a half. Um, right. but, but you speak so much sense. Um, and, and, you know, I think we're, I, I agree. I'm not going to challenge you. And I'm quite a challenging character at times. I'm not going to challenge uh, you. Wait for that, <laughs> <laughs> You've done well if I'm not challenging you. I, I, I love that meet you where you are. And I wasn't sure what, exactly what you meant. And I was going to dig into that. But yeah. you've answered that perfectly. And I think that the the point there is you've got salespeople trying to sell people, people who think they think they're already knowing exactly what they need yeah, and they, when they, they haven't actually uncovered the problem and sometimes it's about stepping back and I don't know my fear is that we're not coaching this into salespeople we're not coaching them on how to do this we would they either have it naturally like like you you did and I was lucky enough to have to some degree or they don't and they just don't get anywhere in sales and yeah that's gonna you know it's no wonder we've got a roughly 10 to 1 ratio on open SDR roles versus number of SDRs yeah. in London. We've got a growing industry and nobody's doing the work to bring people in and get them to do it well and stay within industry yeah. as well. So uh, do you know what I mean? I spent so much time, particularly the early stages of my career. I wasn't I was the only one, only black woman, only gay mm. person, all that stuff. So and I, I really struggled with like my own identity and being in those spaces. Right. I'm literally going 
M4 corridor, mostly technology companies in the uh, in that area for me in my territory. And I spent most of my time that I'd go in and I'm like, yeah, this is gonna be fun. But I didn't care. So I didn't waste time trying to be like, who won at football? And I, that I couldn't relate there. I played yeah. football when I was younger. Yeah. But when I was, oh, I was like, I can't relate to that. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to get stupidly curious about your business. That's what I'm yes. going to do. Like, why do you guys do this? What's that? I saw that you guys merged with that brand. Wasn't aware of that. How's that happening? What's going on here? Like, I spoke to your agency. That's what I do. I'd go and call people's agencies. I, I think in one year I sold to like five automotive companies because I kept, I realized that they all work with agencies. So I used to speak to the agencies, get all of the tea, all the sauce, mm-hmm. and then go to them with a story. And they'd be like, how the hell did you know that? <laughs> I'm like, oh, right. <laughs> so, but, but you get curious about these things and then you will, it's very easy to say, so you haven't heard about this. Let me just tell you what people are doing, like mm. the thinking about the meetings they have internally, the questions you should ask your peers, the the the, the events you should go to to really explore this thing. I can even give you templates and guides and things to go figure it out and come back. Mm. I'll help you shape your business case if you're starting to see something that could make sense. But we're like, nah, who's, what's the intent? What's the intent model? It said you're going to purchase. You haven't purchased. What the hell's going on here? <laughs> That's it. Oh, uh, dear. Yeah. I better start ban- banting more early. The banting. Or... <laughs> oh, the restaurant bant. That is funny. Uh, do you have the budget to be here oh that's fine that was a good one. <laughs> i can see it i can see it it's uh it's got a bit of pretty women in there isn't it it's like oh, I'm walking gosh. around the shops i'm not sure you should be in it <laughs> is it really your credit card oh man that's funny uh dear hannah it's been an absolute pleasure talking to you i feel like you and i could probably go on for another couple of hours and yeah i'm picking different parts of the sales process so yeah. I, i'd love to have you back on one day so that we can do that definitely 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 um or you come on linkedin live Let's go. Let's go live. Let's More go than happy to do that. <laughs> I, I'm always happy to be involved with that kind of stuff. Look, before we wrap up, I'm keen mm. to just say, you know, you've got a huge amount of experience and some great ideas and, and, and I think a brilliant perspective on things. I'm sure there's people in the audience who'd love to benefit from working with you one way, shape or form. So just guide me quickly on how, how you can help people, whether it's through scale or through your own stuff that you do and, yeah. and, and, and how they how they should get in touch with you if they want to talk with you. Yeah, I, I think if, you, if you've got a company that falls into either of these buckets, one, things are fundamentally broken. You're looking at your sales team. You're wondering why you hired anybody. You're wondering what's going on in marketing. G- give me a shout at Hannah at scale.com. Um, we, we do work with organizations where things are just, they're just going a little bit south, right? But we also work with organizations who in the other bucket are, um, they're doing well, but they haven't done anything modern yet. So it's like, mm. imagine if we did it modern, we'd supercharge this growth, right? So that's that's a, that's a probably 50-50 of our customer base. Um, yeah. Outside of that, I, I I spend a lot of time internally speaking and coaching and training sales teams. If you've listened to this podcast, you know it will be a very different experience for your team. <laughs> so um, you can you can tag, uh, go follow me on and connect with me on LinkedIn. We, I'm happy to have a chat and go uh, give your team a little bit of um, an enthusiasm uh, burst. Outside of that, if you want to sit and complain about why your kids don't go to, to bed on time, Man, I'm I you I will spend hours opening can of worms there. You yeah, are yeah. opening a can of worms, <laughs> trust me. I um our household motto motto, I think this is a good one to, to end on. Our house household motto is sleep is for wimps. <laughs> don't need sleep. <laughs> Sleep's for wimps. That's what I say to my kids all the time. Because yeah. you don't have a choice when you've got three kids or when you've got any kids, usually. Yeah, exactly. But, there you go. Oh dear, love it. Hannah, love talking with you. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Really enjoyed it. And uh, we'll speak again soon. All right. Thanks, Owen. Well, there you go. Another episode of On Air completed. 
Thank you for taking the time to listen to us today. I hope you learned something. I always learn something from these discussions. Please like, follow, share, subscribe so that you can listen to the future interviews that I do with other sales leaders, entrepreneurs, business leaders and marketing leaders from around the world.